on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. This is a whiskey episode. Finally gonna get our drinks. Oh, chicken, chicken, yeah! Yeah! So here are the whiskeys we're gonna be tasting today. We have High Plains Rye. We have Blackened uh, X Willet Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. We have the Basil Hayden Toast. Orphan Barrel Copper Tongue Straight Bourbon Whiskey. We have the Little Book 5 The Invitation. From Kentucky Senator, we have their release number one, the 15 year, and the release number two, the six year. And from A. Smith, uh, A. Smith Bowman, we have the A. Smith Bowman Cast Drink Virginia Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So, pretty good lineup to that start with. That is a lot of whiskey. Well, Did you negotiate this, Brent? Uh, we, we, were, we were at 10, and I know you're rushing to eight. It's off. only eight. We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios why because that's where the good stuff is it sips suds and smokes with your smoking host the good old boys It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. Well, that's after they got rid of the um, the national anthem thing. Oh, what? You know, with like the I Indian thought that was required. And, it's like an FCC requirement. <laughs> like the test pattern. Yeah. at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and our show. It'd go, and yeah yeah well that was better than us but now the tv goes all the time oh yeah i got a cease and desist notice from the fcc the last time we used the ebs you know for ripping (laughs) them off yeah yeah there's a whole group of people in iowa that are just waiting for the you know (laughs) hiding in their basement next (laughs) oh that's all we need well (laughs) this is made man bob and joining me today our made man brent I like how you've turned us into a real man cave with a casino in it tonight. Well, we try. <laughs> oh, it's clothing optional casino. <laughs> it is it's always still, a clothing optional casino for Brent. Damp and dank still not wearing right. pants. <laughs> I got to dry it up around here. Hey, made man, Maury. Good morning, Brent. I know you're not used to wearing pants. But maybe you should consider or reconsider if you're going to wear diapers. You're neg- I can help with you're that. You're going to negotiate with him on this particular episode. I this can is, help with that. This is not going to go well for you. All right, Corey, I'm telling you. Listen, it's okay to wear no pants, but when you're wearing diapers, maybe you should cover them up with some pants. Oh, oh, oh man. Right in the toilet. That's that's a record. At what are we? 308. Yeah, 241. I was Straight close. in the toilet. Awesome. And good old boy, Justin. Good morning. Uh, right away, I'm going to plead the fifth for Brent just before he gets himself into trouble. There. That's correct. Yeah, it's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us today all the way from Nashville is good old boy Mike. 
I just want to say that I'm actually here and I'm channeling harm. And this episode was be so much better with a drop of water. Okay. (laughs) Are you going to be all like wordy and stuff like him? I am. I'm going to disagree with everything. (laughs) Everything. You're going to disagree with everything. Justin. Justin's not going to say three words. I'm still going to disagree with him. All right. So we're going to treat him like harm. Yeah. Yeah. How many children that live? I don't think so. All my standard phrases are, why don't I have this in the store? Why did I climb up on that ladder? Why haven't I seen this before? Shannon! Uh, I swear. Maybe if he were barefoot like Shannon, he wouldn't have fallen off the ladder. There you go. Well, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, and pretty much anything else that you can drink. And this is a whiskey episode. Finally going to get our drinks on. Chicken, chicken, yeah! Yeah! So here are the whiskeys we're going to be tasting today. We have High Plains Rye. We have Blackened uh, X Willet Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. We have the Basil Hayden Toast. Orphan Barrel Copper Tongue Straight Bourbon Whiskey. We have the Little Book 5 The Invitation. From Kentucky Senator, we have their release number one, the 15 year, and the release number two, the six year. And from A. Smith, uh, A. Smith Bowman, we have the A. Smith Bowman Cast Drink Virginia Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So, pretty good lineup to that start with. That is a lot of whiskey. Well, Did you negotiate this, Brent? Uh, we, we, were, we were at 10, and I know you're looking at 8. It's only 8. We can there, do there it. There were 10 bottles, but for some reason, by the time we hit the table, there were only 8 with Brent. <laughs> yeah, there's, we can do 8. What, do you think we can't do 8? It can't uh, be done. You're crazy. Oh, come on. <laughs> Settle down, Moss. All right, so we're going to go to our SIPs ratings, and we're going to have we're going to go different. We're going to let Mike do that for All us today. All right, so the underlying storyline is one of our cast members, I'm not going to name, name names, but it was poorly negotiating as our exit from an event, and uh, <clears throat> there was skin involved and whiskey. That's all I have to say. We're not going to let him negotiate anything from us. But there was a Puerto Rican woman involved in this storyline. That's my part of the story. Let's stick with it, okay? I know she wasn't actually Puerto Rican, but, you know. So uh, one of my favorite uh, professors in my freshman year of high school was from Cuba. He was a Fortran 77. I'm going to teach you everything you want to know about Fortran 77. So Fortran. I learned a good Cuba accent with Puerto Rican long time ago. So I'm going to use my Puerto Rican, you know, uh, Cuba accent to read a sips rate. Here just, we go, Bobby. You ready? Just waiting. We're still waiting. <laughs> Today? Be here I, all I day. I'm channeling yeah. harm through this, okay? It's only 52 minutes in the show. Just right. Saying. So, uh, number one, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth because I can negotiate really well. <laughs> number two, this is a low number for you, Brent. Nice, but what do you have? <laughs> yeah, isn't that nice? Number three, she says this every time I leave you. Mm, interesting. What was that again? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, they say this when you pull up to the bar. Let's keep it a secret to ourselves. Pour me another amigo. That's it's almost as bad as Justin doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all my I mean, I mean, But I mean, the cadence of delivery is right on track. I just want to say that. Number five, also, uh, you are unaware that anything could be this good. Mine. Oh my goodness! (laughs) It's like we almost don't miss Justin at all. Absolutely marvelous, darling. (laughs) Remember, it's important 
to look good. Not this to would be good. so much better with water. No, darling, darling. <laughs> it's much more important to look good than to feel good. And remember, darling, you look marvelous. <laughs> That is why you do not read the SIPS ratings. I'm just saying, you know, play your part, man. Hit the button. Much okay? better than you. Keep Brent in check. Much it's better sold hard. You. Play your part. Much better than you. All right. So we're going to have Brent tell us about our first whiskey. Thanks, Bob. Our first whiskey is High Plains Rye. is the latest project from Jim Rutledge and the team at the J.W. Rutledge Distillery. Jim is a man who needs no introduction, is a living legend within the bourbon community for having helmed the Four Roses brand for over 40 years before striking out on his own, where he resurrected the historic Cream of Kentucky brand, which we have discussed on past episodes. Always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. High Plains Rye is Jim's first rye whiskey and is a blend of five straight rye whiskeys from four different distilleries in four states, MGP in Indiana, Middle West in Ohio. Kentucky Artisan in Kentucky, and New York Distilling Company in New York. Each whiskey was selected by Jim for its unique flavor characteristics and what it brought to the final blend. The mash bills for these components, for these component whiskeys vary from a low of 51% rye all the way up to 100% rye. I don't know which one would be 100% rye, but... New York. The New York one? That's my bet. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a good bet. Color, it's got the nice, uh, this is a High Plains Rye, 48.5% ABV, 97 proof. So the color is a nice, you know, nice copper penny, newer copper penny color. The On the nose, you get a lot of, you get a, get a lot of oak and you get some corn on the nose right off the bat. And for a rye, a I, wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting corn on a rye, on, you know, on a rye whiskey. I wasn't expecting this much corn on Head it. Head fake. But, yeah, you know, you get you get those spi- you know, regular spices. You get some nutmeg, and and uh, right at the end, you get a little bit of butterscotch. Now, on the palate. From which state? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Indiana butterscotch? I want to know which butterscotch this came <laughs> from, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'll negotiate that for you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so on the palate, it's sweet right off the bat. This is, there's a sweetness to it, and and then as it gets on, you get some. It's like a like a brown sugar, um, and then and then it goes and it switches over to a, like a pepper, somewhere between a black pepper and a cayenne pepper, and the, with some vanilla and that that pepperness, that pepper, the heat of that pepper just kind of follows you through the palate. It's um, it's got like a, a short to medium finish, um, you know, but it's uh, it kind of leaves your palate a little bit dry after after the finish so well, i think f- wanting would be the word i would use wanting <laughs> i want to move to the next product <laughs> wow we, so in that case we'll, we'll skip we'll skip uh, mike and go to more <laughs> well, well you know just as it always plays out you know you always <laughs> skip arms did you play the part you know well, I, you know, Brent, I actually agree with almost everything you said. Um, okay, then moving on to Justin. <laughs> Man, it's so going to be a I quick show. There's a lot of baking spices in this. You can't really believe me. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. So am I. Take my line. Mine just wasn't funny. I'm sorry. What did you not say again, Maury? <laughs> no, no, no. I defer to you, Justin. <laughs> And how much have we been drinking so far? <laughs> Often. <laughs> For the last few days, yeah. So I, th- I think this was like a lot of baking spice in it. And there was like a red chili powder going on, some cinnamon. 
but it all fades in time. And on the palette, I got like a big rye hit up front when we first opened it. And then it kind of drifts to spicy on the side palette and ends in the back palette. And the water makes the rye more complex. It was like very simple in the beginning and can't discount air too because now it's been open about 45 minutes. What do you think, Bob? And that's more words than he's used in the last seven shows. Well, everybody has to have, you know, shoot about a bar, so. Flooded with rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. That's Justin today. So eloquent. No, I thought this was. I thought it was nice. I mean, this is this is a ride. Really nice. You're yeah. actually going to use the word nice. With <laughs> There's nothing. No, well, I know our rating behind this. Yeah. You're going to say it's nice. Well, remember, this rating is a conglomeration of the rest of you, miserable <laughs> bastards. So, well, I believe um, the rating includes yeah. the word nice. Yeah, really nice. But what else do you have? Yeah, correct. <laughs> and what is next? Actually, I, you know, Mike, I, I hate to be contrary, but there's nothing inherently wrong with this. It's just not. It's not a. It's not a unicorn. It's not of an all amazing. the things that Jim has made. This is not even at the bottom. Okay, it is that bad. I think. Oh yes. I, I mean, it's just he's made so many great things. Anyway, we'll be back. Hey, and we're back, and we just finished talking about the High Plains Rye, uh, which this table full of knuckleheads decided to give a Wait, rating. Of, Brent's the knucklehead, of right? <laughs> two sips. Well, isn't that nice? Under great protest from some of us, but we are moving on to our next one, so we're going to have Yay. Maury tell us about that. Wow. Well, thank you, Bob. I'm excited to talk about Me the too. Blackened X Willet Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey coming in at 109.6 proof. That's 54.8% ABV for you, Justin. Yeah. Thanks for the That's math. 33 to 30. <laughs> the square root of pie. <laughs> the Masters of Whiskey series was born from the core tenet of Blackened American Whiskey and Metallica collaboration. This series will combine the strengths of master distiller and blender Rob Dietrich and renowned whiskey makers to reimagine craft whiskey and create more complex expressions. Each of these limited edition whiskeys will be finished to their own unique playlist, which is blasted into the barrels using Blackened's proprietary black noise sonic enhancement process. <laughs> so it's now, like a concert for the barrels. Yeah, of course. Right, right. If Harm did it, it would probably be like uh, Engelbert Humperdinck or something, you know. For the first release in the series, Rob Dietrich and Willett's Distillery's own master distiller, Drew Kulsevine, teamed up to create the Blackened X Willett Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey, finished in Madeira casks. Made from a blend of Kentucky high rye and low rye recipes that were hand-selected by both Rob and Drew from the Willett Distillery's family estate selections. The oldest whiskey features an age statement of eight years, while an average age of the bottling is six and a half years. The whiskeys were then married together and finished in Madeira casks for up to 14 weeks. And during that time, the whiskeys underwent the proprietary black noise sonic enhancement process that uses low hertz frequencies from Metallica's music to vibrate the barrels, causing a greater interaction between the whiskey and the wood, forcing the liquid further into the barrel and extracting more flavors and color. Work it, work it real good. That's a crazy process. Mm-hmm. I just I just imagine all these barrels just sitting around rocking out to enter Sandman. <laughs> I right. love How the, great is right. that? I love the visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, every time somebody says the word sonic conditioning, the first words that come to 
is Copper and Kings because I remember walking down. So they're uh, at Copper and Kings, which is a they make a wide variety of things there, but they were making absinthe that day. And their on site rickhouse is actually below ground. And they swing the door open to the rickhouse and they're paying back in black from ACDC. And I mean, the bass is just like, you know, rocking those. You know, so every time somebody says sonic conditioning, I'm hearing back in black is the thing I'm listening to. Not uh, Engelbert Humperdinck, Brett. <laughs> no, I said Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Okay, yes. That's a pretty good one from Metallica. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's a beautiful copper, burnished copper color. Um, the nose has all kinds of really interesting things going on. I find the nose to be a little bit sweet. There's um, this hint of, you know, simmered fruit, some brown sugar, a vanilla bean, a little bit of fig, cigar box there. And then on the palate, it's it's buttery, it's caramely, it's definitely sweet. It's got a sweetness from the Madeira that really comes through. Um, there's also definitely uh, a butteriness and perhaps a little walnut. The finish is medium. Um, I, I thought this was a nice offering. I think this is one of the best things that Blackened has put out. Uh, I think it's very nice. It's a little on the sweet side, but generally speaking, it showcases the Madeira, and uh, I think it's well-made. Mm. it's exactly like you say and uh the, the finish is like an, a raspberry finish it just kind of just overwhelms you right at the end and and i enjoyed that that was something i enjoyed all the other notes were, were right on and um i didn't get as much raspberry as you but i thought you know it's yeah, enjoyable it is it is you know it's very it's it's it is enjoyable you know i don't know if it's you know i don't you know price wise but you know i'm not judging it on that so justin so on the nose, I got stewed peaches, cardamom, and a little bit of vanilla. On the palate, I got that. Um, I know it's not called MGP anymore, but like that MGP mint note that most of their sourced whiskey comes from. And the Madeira cask finish was there, but the longer it had air and the more water you put in it, the more it faded out. And the finish was bitter. The first time around when we just opened it before I put in water, but it got sweeter over time. What'd you think? Mike? Now, just not to discount what you said, because you're entitled he's to what discount you think. what I said. Go ahead. Uh, I don't think any of the juice came from MGP. <laughs> I to differ. I don't think any of the juice came from MGP. I think it's all well, saying it stops. did. It just tasted like. No, no, no. I know. I, I'm just clarifying for them. Thank yeah. you. It came from Willet. That's what it's. Yeah, I think it's from Pot Still. It, I mean, it definitely rings. You know, of that tasting note. Uh, I picked up vanilla bean and Scarbox were the two main things. I, the aroma and the whiskey itself were decoupled. I, you know, really enjoyed the aroma. I thought the palate was just, you know, fleeting and, you know, just fell apart really quick. Um, the earthy mint thing definitely was probably the most predominant element, I thought, on the palate, which I think is reminiscent of, you know, six-year, you know, pot willet for the most part. But... <clears throat> I think of all the ugly kids in the school, this one was, you know, not the best looking ugly kid is the way I would describe where I thought this, it, this, you know, is going to wind up in a bunch of other vanity, you know, laden projects with celebrity, you know, whiskey that is never going to hit the, you know, any of the whiskey aficionados shelf. It's going to be on the back shelf of, you know, Bennigan's or, you know, O'Charlie's or some other, you know, large chain. And that's, that's how it's going to live. I just don't see this being taken seriously by anybody. I think if the price were 
more reasonable, more people would buy it. I think it's a great people twenty five dollar whiskey. People yeah. are going to run and buy it just because it says Willet. It I, I mean, agree, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just that's, one word is all it has to have on it. All it, will it, it and it's all, and then people are going to run for it. I they, think the one surprising out of this, I didn't pick up on the Madeira finish at all, and I love you know, I think Madeira is a great you know finishing barrel, and I just was it there? I you know, I I didn't even pick up on that at all, Bob. Well, you guys are taking so damn long. I don't have any time left to talk. So we're just going to go ahead and rate this one. We're going to rate the uh, Black Index Willet Kentucky Straight Right Whiskey. Three sips. Interesting. Best looking ugly kid. <laughs> stop talking about it. That's what your mother said. So stop talking about it, okay? All right. So we're going to go to Justin. So now we're going to talk about Basil Hayden Toast. It's 80 proof for 40% alcohol by volume. And it's the newest permanent addition to the Basil Hayden line. The Basil Hayden toast is different from the original flagship bourbon in two important ways. The first difference is in the mash bill that's used in its creation. Basil Hayden's traditional high rye mash bill is 63% corn, 27% rye, and 10% malted barley. And the new Basil Hayden toast swaps... Reading's a new thing for him. I guess. Working on it. Overeducated and overpaid. <laughs> Definitely the latter. So the new Basil Hayden toast swaps the rye for U.S. grown brown rice. The second difference is in the barrel. After aging in traditional number four charred oak barrels, a portion of the whiskey is given a secondary finish in toasted oak barrels for a long time before being blended back with its core rice bourbon to achieve the final product. On the nose, I got cinnamon check cereal, buttered popcorn, and some cloves. On the palate, um, that cinnamon checks carried through. Uh, it was kind of flat in the beginning. After water, I got more wood out of it. And the brown rice reminds me of the Jim Beam limited release with brown rice. It has, definitely has a distinct taste and i appreciate them doing something different on a permanent release what did you think mike i thought the more interesting part of this was uh, the nose on this was almost like rubbing alcohol and a bit perfumey um with you know really spice laden the thing i love about this product is should go back and listen to our episode covering the entire uh small batch uh collection from jim beam and hearing us talk about, you know, Basil Hayden, and I like the fact that they're kind of drifting back through these products and they're kind of either refreshing them or coming back and revisiting them. So I really love what they did with Bakers. Um, and this is another product out of that same product line that they've said, you know what, they've done a lot of things with Basil Hayden, you know, um, they've, they finished it off in other casts. They've, you know, done a cast strength. They've been I love the fact that they just haven't said, you know what, let's just leave this product on the shelf and leave it alone. So I love the fact that they took something very subtle as doing nothing more than a toasted finish to it and actually think they made something better uh, than the original. So that was balanced, creamy. I Brent used the word first, but I wrote it down at the same time when we were tasting subtle wood. Uh, you know, I really, I like this. I, you know, if you're a Basil Hayden fan, you need to 
definitely revisit this. It's definitely in the family of Basil Hayden. Yep. I, I, one of the things that I like to say as a hallmark of Basil Hayden is that it's light, it's delicate, it's got finesse and style. It doesn't hit you over the head. It's it, it's what I would describe as a little more feminine whiskey, and this is definitely part of the family. Yeah, it's I different. Have a Basil Hayden. <laughs> it's it, but the mouthfeel on it's everything. It's cream. That rice gives it that creaminess, a really good coat to it. Um, and I'm with Justin on the nose. It's like cinnamon toast crunch, you know. It's, it's or, or like a light cinnamon toast. Um, I think it's one of the best things I've had so far from Basil Hayden. You know, in all their variations that they've done. So, so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna rate the Basil Hayden toast. Well deserved three sips. So let's go to Mike, who's going to tell us uh, about the next one. Do you want me to do it in Puerto Rican? <laughs> All right. After right. We're going to talk about the Orphan Barrel Copper Tongue Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, the product we have today is at 16 years and 89.8 proof. After many years of acquisitions in the whiskey business, an international beverage giant, Diageo, found themselves with quite a collection in their warehouse <laughs> of aging whiskeys from various sources. Realizing that they needed to do something with all this different whiskey, they created the Orphan Barrel Project of 2014 and asked everybody to buy it hook, line, and sinker. They started out with three releases. Old Blowhard, that's the way to start. A 26-year old expression. Barterhouse, a 20-year expression. And the original Rhetoric, 20-year-old. After years, they've released new expressions of the whiskey with these stocks of various ages and pedigrees. Gifted Horse, horrible product. Lost oh, Profit, yeah, Forged Oak, and Muckety Muck even works. Was some of them. <laughs> the, the most recent release of Orphan Barrel series is called Copper Tongue, and it's a blend of two separate 16-year-old batches of bourbon distilled at an aged at Cascade Hollow Distilling, the home of George Dickel, Tennessee whiskey brand, Discovered by Nicole Austin, this head distiller at Cascade, Cascade Hollow, the Copper Tongue is bottled at cast strength and having gone down in strength during its 16 years in the barrel. So, uh, interesting uh, lineup, you know, uh, to that. Uh, my tasting notes around this kind of medium copper. Uh, the nose was very floral. I thought the palate was wood, wood. Can you remove the wood out of my left cheekbone? Um, the sugars on this, I thought, were probably the more interesting. This is traditional kind of caramel uh, sugars and the finish was kind of medium or kind of semi-sweet is kind of where I put it. This is a product. I mean, I uh, have, you know, regular interaction with Nicole. <laughs> so, um, I, I know her palate and it's really interesting that she's, you know, kind of front and center and helping with this particular product line, which has been handled by quite a few people, you know, at Diageo over time. And, uh, I like that, you know, I know the stock that she was pulling from for this. There is an awful lot of advanced age dickle that she's been working with for the last three years. And I like that they, you know, decided to take a run at one of the more subtle uh, elements of this. So, Bobby, what you think? Um, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's exactly what I thought for a dickle of that age. Um, I get a lot of brown sugar and brown butter on the nose. Um, definitely you're going to get a lot of oak when it's that old. So there's a lot of tannin to it. Um, I get a little bit of white pepper on the front, on the back, I get a little bit of uh, cinnamon. And, and again, because of all the extra oak, you get all that tannin. So it's got a bit of a dry palate, but it's, it's right where I thought it would be. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I don't know if I'd pay the full price for it, but I did enjoy it, <laughs> but I tend to like older woody whiskey. So, yeah. 
Not on my menu though. It's a little too little too much of the of those oak tannins that you know that I don't have that sweetness and I don't have any of those other things. That You're go right. With it. it picked up some bitterness it, from the tannin. Yeah, it did. It, it was you know so almost wood taint. Yes. Yeah. So if you yeah, want, I felt it had almost a medicinal note to the wood. The the wood just overpowered. If it you like that balanced. kind of if you like that kind of stuff though, this is for you. I mean, it ha- it appeases to a, a, a certain group of people that like that wood that you know that strong wood uh, wood tannins. I could and, sell this stuff in Japan. Oh my God, could I sell this in Japan? Right. So it's sort of it's made for a certain group of people, but mm. and I'm going to pass on it. You know, Justin. Okay. So this kind of reminded me um, of you Scotch fans out there of Ardbeg a little bit without um, the intense smoke. And um, I got sweet vanilla toffee almonds on the nose. It was approachable. On the palate, um, the wood just kept coming through more and more as time went on. Usually that fades. Um, But I got some spicy notes and some marmalade on it. And the finish was sweet, medium length and, but it ended flat. Okay. So the Willet tastes like MGP and the Dickel tastes like Ardbeg. <laughs> right. You got it. Is there a pop tart in there anywhere? <laughs> You're a drunken lush. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I give up. So two words, sensory training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be rating the uh, Orphan Barrel Copper Tongue three sets. Interesting. So that takes us to the Little Book Chapter 5, The Invitation. It's 58.4% ABV, 116.8 proof. This is the fifth release in the annual Little Book series from Freddie Beam, H Generation Beam Family Distiller. This is named The Invitation. It's meant to be a literal invitation from Freddie to bourbon lovers to expand their horizons through a diverse bend of whiskeys. The whiskeys making up this blend, there's a two-year Kentucky straight bourbon, there's a three-year malted 100% rye, a five-year Kentucky straight bourbon, and a 15-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon. So on the nose on this, I get a lot of flowers, very, very floral and very sweet, almost like a honeysuckle. On the palate, I get a good bit of oak. It's got a, a bit of dryness to it, a little bit of tannin. But big flavor, big flavor. And it's got a really pretty dang, I'd say medium to long finish. Um, I've liked every one of them they've released. This one is no different. This this one is, uh, this is a good blend. I'm going to place this. this number two out of the five. Yeah. You know, I thought number one was really good. I think this is probably my second favorite out of the releases so far. What do you think, Brent? On the nose, I got. I felt like I was like sitting next to an oak tree with some flowers and uh, honeysuckles, and you know, and a little bit of white pepper on there as well on the nose. And then, uh, uh, you know, on the palate, everything was front forward. Yeah, it's all very, very, front very, palette. Fr- very, very front yeah. forward on the palate. And and so while I had a nice finish, it really left the back of my palate dry. But. You know, I like what he's doing. I, I love the whole concept that he's taken and doing something different with every single batch. Yeah. And really t- trying to expand, uh, you know, people's horizons. On and again, I mean, you know, he knows what he's doing. You know, I mean, it, blending is a very difficult task. Making whiskey's hard. Blending's even harder. And and he's shown, you know, this is number five. Every one of them I've had so far, Freddie knows what he's doing. This this I'm with Mike. I think this is probably my number two. Yeah. What would, the rest of you guys yeah. think? 
I thought it was very well done. I think it's a beautiful whiskey. It's got a beautiful co- a burnished copper color. I love the creaminess on the palate. The mouthfeel is just over and above. Uh, I found the finish to be long, and I agree with you guys. I think uh, everything that Freddie's touched has been, you know, A-plus and first class, and uh, I think this is no exception. I think this is definitely one of his best. Justin? So the color I found was a light brown. I got on the nose vanilla and a faint hit of Elmer's glue, but not in a bad way. <laughs> Just kind of reminiscent of sniffing glue as a kid. Training. Yeah. Which I don't recommend at home, kids. You'll end up like me. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna rate the uh, little book, chapter five, the invitation, a well deserved four sips. That's classified. And we'll be back. Hey, and we're back, and we just finished uh, talking about the uh, little book, chapter five, the invitation. We gave that a real well deserved four sips. So we're gonna go on to our next whiskey, and we're gonna have uh, Mike. Complaining well, about the one it. thing we've established is we know which of us was the kid that ate glue. Yeah, <laughs> so that's was, true. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. <laughs> well, that was no. really horrible. No, you're always complaining. <laughs> <clears throat> Our next product is uh, from uh, A. Smith Bowman. Uh, this is, let's see, where was the full description of it? A. Smith Bowman gas strength. Um, this is. Uh, Virginia straight bourbon whiskey at 141 proof hazmat baby Um, so this is a 10 year old product here's a brief uh, background on uh, A. Smith Bowman in 1927 A. Smith Bowman bought the Sunset Hills estate farm and opened up a dairy and greenery (laughs) we're here the the farm was so absorbent that uh, he needed to use the excess grain from his field. In 1935, after the repeal of prohibition in the state of Virginia, he built and licensed the distillery. His sons maintained the tradition, continuing to feed the distillers grains from the dairy cattle, which were known to be the most contented cows in Virginia. Wow. Uh, in 1947, Bowman acquired 30, uh, 3,240 additional acres, making the track the largest privately owned property in the D.C. metro area until the 1960s. I thought the land around uh, Monticello was like the largest land, you know, holdings anyway. Until the 1950s, the Bowman Distillery was the only legal whiskey operation in Virginia. In response to the rising real estate prices and property taxes in Northern Virginia, yeah, bring it to the politicians, is 1988. The distillery was moved to the current location, which is in Spotsylvania County near the city of Fredericksburg, 60 miles away from the original location. And in 2003, the Sazerac Company purchased the distillery and began investing in renovation and looking to update the product line. A. Smith Bowman is still the home of the Virginia gentleman. So they sent Truman uh, over to uh, oversee this product as it was kind of going through some modification and, uh, you know, retooling. Um, we did a full show on all the Bowman products. So I will post a link on our show notes and you can listen to all of the, uh, but at that particular time when we did that show, they did not have the cast strength version, um, which is in front of us. Um, huge, deep color. Um, I love the vanilla and the dried cherries on this nose. Um, it was very, very nutty. Um, I almost thought that I was tasting a, you know, a dickle-based product at first. It wasn't peanuts, but it was more of like in the pecan hazelnut family, you know, quite a bit. Um, it definitely had some sugar and it was sweet. And the toasted coconut was probably the one 
subtle hint that I definitely picked up on. I thought the finish was uh, woody, but it was very complex and rich. I I absolutely love this product. I want the rest of the bottle. Can I can I say dibs? Do I need to negotiate with you, Brent? Yes, you do. Yes. Do you need some belly yes, button you do. action? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try getting that bottle out of this house. I carry a gun. <laughs> Guns. <laughs> All right, Justin, what'd you think? Did, so, you, did you think it tastes like Gwen Morangy or? <laughs> yeah. This is more of a Japanese whiskey. Pop-tarts. Yeah. You know, it was aged Elmer's glue. <laughs> I mean, the predominant note for me was ripe apple. And I see where Mike was going with the nuts. But for me, it came off more like marzipan. Um, the nose wasn't too complex, but the palate, wow. We got brown sugar, oak, and... Um, Toasted coconut was there, heavy on the toast. And the finish was long, fiery, and awesome. If I could get away with stealing this bottle, I certainly would. Good luck. Not if I take it first. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I thought that there was a huge uh, component of apple on the nose when it first was opened. And then with air, that's mostly blown off. I get mostly vanilla now. I think it really benefited from some water. It was delicious up front, but the water just really amped up the flavors. Uh, again, I agree with everything you've said, Justin, in terms of the, the nuttiness and the uh, coconut, etc. I just think it's a beautiful whiskey, and every time I go back to it, I get some layers that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah, I like that. It, yeah, it's just fun. You just discover new stuff, and and the finish is long. It just for me, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I think it's a beautiful whiskey. It's uh, definitely flavored, amped up to eleven. I think some of the series uh, whiskeys that they put on the Abraham label. I mean, those really have a tremendous amount of complexity to them. And I think that's the one thing I'm surprised about is that I, I think the original A. Smith Bowman, I thought was a bit, you know, more simple, you know, approach to it. And this has really evolved. The cast strength version has really just brought out all this measure of complexity that was not there in the proof down version well if you were really playing the part of harmeet you'd be i would like, say it's so much better with water you than would you say get all these you guys things. are just proof hounds and you only like it because it's high proof but the reality of it is that the flavor is <laughs> turned up to 11 it's turned up to 11 and it's not just about the alcohol it's about the flavors it's not been watered down the flavors are right there it doesn't need a beautiful. touch of water we haven't said that yet yeah I said it, and I agree. But it's yeah. just got so much flavor. I don't know what seed. Brent doesn't need water. No water needed. There you go. <laughs> well, that was that was a, like a softball pitch. <laughs> the biggest why, proof found on the planet. You, it doesn't need water. Why, why would you add water to this when Should you've got so many? Stay when it's when perfect you have, already. When you have so much flavor to this already, and it's and it's already there because the water separates the molecules. And in, yes, and, it, and it enhances the flavor. <laughs> the but it, but you really when you're out in a, like at a at a fair or a carnival and you have those those toasted nuts being made and stuff, that's what it really kind of reminds you of right off the bat. But but the nose is heavy on fruit, heavy heavy on fruit. Uh, you know for the and then the palate just it's just it's, like, it's fruit, like you say it's just amped up. I felt you know? like the fruit faded with time, air, and water. Yeah. Um, but again, it's a wonderful nose. Oh gosh, I just keep going back to it. I mean, you know, if when you can find this, I mean, you're not going to find it anywhere, but when you can, you got to snatch it. Will it be in Florida? No. Yeah, let me help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> As I reach out and snatch the bottle. You don't have to ask me twice, man. <laughs> you know? Well, anybody that says that they want to put water. Oh, yeah. 
tongue, you smug little pustule. Get out of my sight and stay out. Yeah, leave this one alone. Just leave it alone. It's magnificent the way that it is. It's got so much flavor. It's got a finish that goes on for days. Um, there's nothing you can do to improve this whiskey. This whiskey is absolutely fabulous. If you find it in a bar, if you find it in a store, grab it, drink it, get anything that you can. We're going to be rating the A. Smith Bowman Cast Strength Virginia Straight Bourbon Whiskey an extremely well-deserved five sips. And, oh and best goodness. of the flight today, right? Best of the, yeah, best of the flight today best for sure. Best of the flight today for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to go on to our next whiskey, uh, which we're going to have Brent tell us about. Thanks, Bob. This next one is the Kentucky Senator Release Number 2, 53.5% ABV. It's 107 proof, six years old. It's a mash bill of 75% corn, 21% rye, and then some malted barley. So the Kentucky Senator brand was originally distilled and bottled by Krigler & Krigler, in Covington, Kentucky, then by Double Springs Distillers in Bardstown. The brand was revived in 2019 by Kentucky Senator Spirits, LLC, which is owned by Andre Regard, an entrepreneur and an equine attorney, and Damon Thayer, a Kentucky senator since 2003. Yeah. So Thayer is a well-known supporter of bills that benefit the Kentucky alcohol industry. Each release of Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey will carry the name of an esteemed U.S. Senator from the Bluegrass State. The second release of Kentucky Senator has been aged six years, the same number of years that William J. DeBow served in the U.S. Senate, 1897 to 1903. So born in Crittenden County, William J. DeBow carries a distinction of being the very first Republican from Kentucky to serve in the Senate. He was also a physician and lawyer who attended medical school at the University of Louisville. So this has got a this has got a lighter a lighter copper color to it, lighter you know brown as we like to say brown. Drink it down. The on the on the nose, I got a lot of flowers and oak, uh, some green grass, a little bit of a a little bit of a mint to it. Um, then on the palate. I was expecting a lot of corn on this on this palate, but it's actually very well rounded. It's like a it's like a, a nice well rounded bourbon, you know, with all the notes you get. You know, the the vanilla, the baking spice, the oak. Uh, it's you know, drinks, a little bit of pepper. This drinks older than six years. Yeah, it uh, does. It does drink older than six years. But we're gonna, but we're leaving to be more surprised with our next one. But I mean, it's this is just a nice. It's got a nice medium finish. It's an all day sipper. There's an. I don't find any really any faults to this one. You know, when you just when you're just drinking it, it's like, okay, yeah, I could drink this all day if I need to. What do you think, Justin? Definitely an all day sipper. Um, I got vanilla, some marshmallow, malt on it. The finish was woody and sweet. It had floral notes on the nose. Those faded off with time and water. I figured since Harm wasn't here, I just add water to everything, see how it tasted. And uh, I recommend the water on this one. We got a little rule back home. If it's brown, drink it down. That's Justin. What'd you think, Mike? Mm. Well, I just thought it was ho-hum and average. You know, uh, the... uh, some of my tasting notes, the palate itself was very floral, wood, low sugars, zero vanilla. I thought it was probably a big surprising thing for me. Um, I don't know. I just One word that I wrote down kind of just sums it up. It's just kind of lacking. I think the most confusing thing is I, I hate, you know, 
uh, elements of provenance that I can't figure out. Like Double Springs is that's not a real distillery. That's just something on paper, you know. I didn't even know they have a physical address. So, you know, otherwise, show me a picture of the still because I have no idea what that, you know, is at all. But it looks like a post office box. Yeah, pretty much. You know, there's the horse, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know where this came from, but I, I wasn't a fan. The other thing I was surprised about is with a mash bill of 75% corn, I thought it was going to be a corn bomb. And it's not actually. Is it sourced or are they making any of their no, own? No, it's sourced. It's sourced. sourced. Yeah. It's sourced. It's, I, I thought it was, I thought, again, I thought it drank better than a six-year bourbon. Um, I got oak, I got sweet, I got vanilla, and I got a little bit of spice. And I had a medium finish. You know, it's, what do you, you know, it's six years. It's going to get yeah. lost in the shuffle I, I of all these. I was between the two of you guys. I thought it was sort of ordinary and uninspired. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, you know, it was nice. There's no inherent flaws. Yeah. It just was not, you know, yeah. after some well, of the stuff we've had. It's, it's going to be on the shelf one and done. And after yeah. and after drinking it after that Bowman. So, uh, but we're going to be reading the Kentucky Senate release number two, three sips. Interesting. So we're going to go to Justin for our last one. So Cool. More Elmer's glue. Okay. Right. So our last one is another release from Kentucky Senator, release number two. And it's 53% alcohol by volume, 107 proof. It's six years old. Mashville is 75% corn, 21% rye, and malted barley. Um, it was originally distilled and bottled by Krigler and Krigler in Covington, and then Double Springs. You can skip all this. We already yeah. just heard it, Trist. Yeah. I so I got what, burnished copper on this. Reading. Vanilla, petunias. <laughs> it's the 15 year over what time. We just tasted. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. That one I got medium copper on. <laughs> it was corny, cotton candy, no glue, candied corn, cantaloupe, and uh, any more Pop-Tart. candy located in there. Uh, it is it is Halloween. Mounds. So it should be candy here. I'm enjoy. And um the palette was sweet. I got a creamy mouthfeel on it, and I got a note of green raisins, and the finish was sweet, a little hot, and long. Are we drinking the same bourbon? Yeah, no. <laughs> obviously not. Somebody got his always. Name. He always gets his numbers mixed up. What'd you think, Brent? Okay, this is exactly the same bourbon that we just had but just on steroids yeah. i mean it's just you just take all the same things we had and it really pumped it up you're just like pump me up so and that's what it did and I, I enjoyed this one a whole lot the finish just does not stop it just goes and goes and goes and but again i think this is going to get lost this one might not get lost in the shuffle the other one i think is just going to get you know is uh, people are just going to forget about you know it's going to be a one and kind of done thing this one here stands out by itself well, they're individual, what have you been drinking they're individual releases so you know they're all one and done <laughs> so this solidified my best guess which is i think this is heaven hill really yeah i do i thought this was just uh, cherry robitussin um i didn't really like this any much more than the first one i thought the first one was like mike said somewhat ordinary and this one just amps up the cherry robitussin flavors for me pedestrian (laughs) yeah well i mean you know it's very rare for you to say that you know uh, a 15 year old whiskey is 
just kind of ho hummish. I mean, part of it is you I mean, look it's at the old. statement and you think, yeah. oh, wow, this is going to be It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And yeah, I just, you know, for a price point perspective, I'm kind of like, is there something more here? You know, I, I think that was kind of where I was at. I was waiting for a big finish. Yeah. You know? For me, it just wasn't as uh, complex as I expected for a 15 year bird. Still good. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to pound it in the sand, but, you know. Well, you're doing a really good job. This one here. This one here. What did you say, Counselor Bill? Yeah. Next. Are you kidding? Do not add water to this one. I mean, it does not need it. So, all right. Rate and wrap this up here. Apparently, somebody, you know, had somebody pee in their cornflakes this morning. So, Christ. It's like, here's a thousand dollar bottle of whiskey. It's pedestrian. I like the bone. God almighty. We're not rating on price, we're rating on what's in the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever I put in the glass in front of him, he's going to complain about. I thought it was actually very nice whiskey. It had a lot of good flavor to it. It's got a nice backbone of the age. It's got some wood tannin, but it's not overly dry. It's not overly bitter. Uh, good whiskey. Rating it four sips. That's classified. Well, that's all the hot time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on Terrestrial and Satellite Radio, and online at iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, CBS Radio, and pretty much any place that you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, Google, whoever the woman is that talks back to you to play podcasts, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at sipsudsmokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You're also able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. You can also check us out on Instagram at sipsudsandsmokes or at madebandbob. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, it's a big help to us. And we get your feedback as well. You can also check out Brent Mori and myself on Facebook at the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals with representation in eight states and two countries. Our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. I want to thank our co-hosts for joining us today. Thank you, Brent. Thank you. Let me negotiate the, all the rest of the comments tonight. I am taking the bourbons. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. Always a pleasure in the basement. And thank you, Justin. Thanks so much. It was really fun to be here today. You did realize we were drinking whiskey today, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. We got a little rule back home. If it's brown, drink it down. And thank you, Mike. At the next intersection, turn left and then left. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us today. Come back, join us for another exciting episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. I will ask you to keep on sipping. Tan Hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 